People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt in the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello! How the devil are you all? Ahoy! Ahoy there! So, um, right, today's pretty pretty heavy subject. Yes. It's um, a very intense one, but it ne- I think uh, mainly uh, both agree it needs to get out here now. Yeah, and we it, need does, to it seems get this stuff out. more likely than coincidence. Oh, you know? definitely, definitely to me. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a bit, a bit of true crime, maybe. Is it crime? Is it oh, just, well, definitely crime. Is it just misadventure? It's crime, cover up. Possibly. Um, the, the, the authorities will want you to know that this is just pure coincidence. Yeah. Um, but we think there's a little bit more we, to it than Definitely that. supernatural as well. So we're talking about the mysterious deaths of young men in canals all over the world. Now, we've talked in the past about Manchester yep. in England. Yeah, I think it was 85 cases just in Manchester alone. That's correct. But we recently was pointing out, I think it was Jennifer that pointed out to us, that there were some cases happening in Boston. In America. Uh, so we're going to go through a few of them cases. Not all of them are suspicious, but some of them <laughs> strange, to say the least. And once at the end, what we'll do is we'll we'll try and give you some parallels between the Manchester ones and the Boston ones. Yeah. So you can get like a flavour of... Um, why you know the coincidences that you know so-called yep. coincidences that are taking place. So um, right, should we start? Make a start. Make a start. Let's do it and let's get this truth out there, mate. Okay, so these suspicious deaths, then that's what I'm going to call them. Parallel the ones that were happening in Manchester, which we've spoken about on the show before, but yep. just you know, just a brief recap on that for people who don't know. Um, about two years ago, people started you know, turning up dead in the canals around Manchester. Now, the locals believed it was a serial killer, which they dubbed the pusher, because they believed they were pushing yeah. people in, either, either robbing them, pushing them in the canal. But it became like uh, some sort of vigilante-type character, uh, which people believed, because he was killing... Um, he, it was some, they believed it was someone with a grudge against homosexuals, because a lot of the guys that went... Uh, into the canal and were homosexual but it was just because of the place really because canal street there in manchester yeah. is, is where all the you know gay clubs are so you know, i'd like to say also that is um some of the people that were found had their wallets on them and there's nothing taken yeah yeah well so, that, that's well, you know it's not just maybe a robbery that's the other pushing, problem yeah so i think um but like i say it was 85 i think it was 85 people uh, up to Channel 4 did a documentary on, on it and I think that was in 2016 and then it all sort of went quiet in the papers for a while recently it sort of started up again but it's it's happening all around the UK I mean we've got reports from uh, Yorkshire I think there's five guys gone, uh, fell in the canals in Yorkshire yep. or pushing the canal whatever you want to call it uh, died in the canals uh, within 10 mile area uh, radius of each other uh, again in Bristol I think there's been three people just dragged out the uh, River Avon there yep uh, and obviously still continuing in Manchester, although you can't really find details on that because it's sort of been pulled. Yeah, they have kind of shut it down, haven't they, for now? Yeah, but it's uh, not just occurring in England. It's happening in Boston, Massachusetts as well, um, in the States. Uh, and we're going to look at a few of those cases today. We are, yes, definitely. Um, but right from the outset, you'll note that nearly all these cases... Amen. Amen. 
and yeah, nearly man. all of them. You know, the Manchester one again with it being a club scene and that it's you know it, it might be more to do with a club scene than anything else, but. Roughly, the guys that go in that ended up dead were in sort of twenties uh, to sort of late thirties. Yep. And there is a few outside that, obviously, but but generally that was the sort of ballpark. Uh, and again, that could just be because of the location. You know, like well, again, you know, you've and, got these. Some of these were. Um, well, the other thing was it's. Um, they're always in rivers. They always end up the, being at the bottom of the river or next to a river. Well, the other thing is that it's uh, a lot of these happen late at night. Yeah. And again, that's. Um, you know, pays dividends to the the club. You know, letting out the clubs and these people falling in. I mean, there's one. There was a case in Manchester where this guy came out of a club, and that's the other, that's the other key thing to note here. Uh, people will be familiar with the missing four one one stuff. Okay, yeah, that's quite horrendous. Um, and if you look into any of them, nearly all those cases are people who get separated. So they could be in a group, but for whatever reason. You know, they could be in a group walking down a trail, whatever. Yeah. There's the straggler at the back, gone. Or they could be in a group, one nips outside for a cigarette, gone. You know, it's, it's, it's normally happens, it's very rare. In fact, it, in fact, it nearly never happens where a group goes missing at once. Okay, just, this is just individuals. Now, I guess from the outset, from the sceptical point of view, we could just say these are people coming out of the pub, pissed, Falling in the, the canal. I don't believe that. Um, Definitely, you know. But again, you know, these canals in places aren't very deep. Um, you're going to make noise. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of revelers about yeah. that time of night. You know, if you, someone falls in the canal, they're going to the fit. Uh, yeah, all right. It's going to be cold. Maybe the, you know, maybe you've only got a few seconds. I don't know. But someone's going to. Every single case, right? Nobody's heard it. Nobody's yeah. seen it. No. Um, you know. You think on one or two occasions someone's going to see it happen and say, you know, rescue somebody, yeah. and then it's going to get out like, oh yeah, this this guy got pissed and fell in. Well, if you, if you get the, uh, I mean, if you was kind of you know really drunk, and you went in some cold water, that'd sober you up, wouldn't it? Oh well, yeah, kind of sober so, yeah. you up, so you wouldn't be pissed for long, would you? No, you know, you'd be fighting but to where uh, you can react to get out the water. Just, so if it was just people getting drunk and falling in, then you'd expect to see young women. You know, we've been on our nights out. And, yeah. You know, yeah. you, get, you get women that are paralytic almost, yeah. don't you? Like, yeah, and they pissed. make it home all right, don't they? So. Yeah, so, I mean, they're not falling in. So it's just a case of being drunk. You'd expect to see... You'd expect to see sort of a 50-50 split yeah. between women and... Yeah. Uh, but there's no... Well, we've done a lot of research, haven't we? We can't find any women that have gone missing like well, there's this. There's one lady in Manchester, but I think that was more to do with a flood... Uh, sorry, Yorkshire, but I think that was more to do with a flood situation. Mm. Yeah, so, obviously, this... I think she was uh, swept away more. Oh, there was a there was a young lady in uh, Birmingham as well. Uh, but I think that was an epileptic fit. They were all she, literally just jogging down the towpath. Mm. Really unfortunate circumstance. She was jogging down the towpath and uh, had an epileptic fit and fell in the water. Oh, well. And, but they could do... But they know that. But this is the other thing, coming back to the coroner's stuff. You know, because a lot of these verdicts are ruled as um, misadventure, and and nearly all, well, every single one more or less has said no foul play involved. Yeah. Okay, and that leads me to believe that. And again, the police come out and say there's no serial killer. Blah blah blah. So that leads me to believe the police maybe if they're no if they're convinced it's not a serial killer, right? It can't just be all misadventure. It can't be too many people, and not just that, right? Because. We're talking about Manchester, we're talking about Boston, yeah, these places, but you've got to remember that these canals aren't very big in these places. No. When you look at no. Venice, yeah, when you look at Birmingham, it's mm. got more canals than Venice. Yeah. There's, I think there was five people in the same time period. 
Yeah. You've got 85 in Manchester and 5 in Birmingham. So it can't just be location to the canal, that kind of stuff. There's something more there's to this. Yeah, there's definitely something to you know, link to the river. So know? I thought the best place to start would be to look at the Boston Vanishing Men situation. Uh, yeah. Give people a, well, a, give little a brief bit, you know, description. Yeah, a little, and little bit of a yeah, paragraph. You want to go and... Uh, go on the cryptid... Antiquarian, antiquarian. Yeah, there's a uh, website. Yeah, there's a little blog up there, and it'll show you a, a lot of these cases. Now, some of these, um, you know, there's conjecture on a lot of these, but we'll, we'll give it as it's read, as it's written here. We'll we'll give a little bit of uh, detail on each yeah. case, and then um, we'll go from there. I think that's the best way to do it, just to give you sort of a flavour, you know, because some of these you'll say you'll look at it and go. Oh yeah, I can see what's happened there. Yeah. Some of these you'll be a bit like, "Well, I'm not so sure about that one," and then obviously you get the really strange ones. Mm. But um, should I start with Gerald then? Yeah, you start uh, with Gerald. Okay, so this really started from 2001 in Boston, and obviously it's going on to the present day. I mean, right up to the present day. Yeah. And again, you, you, once once this gets out in the media, coverage starts to slow down. Yeah. Now that could just be that there's um. This could go back to the serial killer aspect of it. He's, he's aware that people are taking notes, so he's slow, you know, because he's being more cautious, okay? So that would make sense. Again, but once it seems to get on the media, it does slow down. And again, I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. But So Gerald Glebe then. Okay. This fellow had a, a master's degree in computer science, right? And was a former employee of IBM. Right? He did suffer a mental breakdown after being let go from his job in his 30s. And his family members suspected that he was battling schizophrenia. Okay. Okay. On August 16, 2001, he showed up unexpected at his parents' house, home in Brookline. He spent the night, but was gone by approximately 5 a.m. the next morning, when his parents checked on him. Gerald was 40 when he went missing, wearing a red sweatshirt, and he's not been seen, uh, been heard or seen since. The area that he disappeared from was very close to the Muddy River, a small offshoot of the Charles River. River. Mm. So again, you know, he's not been found. But you've got the, you know, again, you know, obviously he's got the schizophrenia there, and you will find. Well, that they will use that, won't they? I mean, they'll as use a, that like a cover. As yeah, a cover. That's, that's the only yeah. reason I'm reading this one out because yeah, I just want people to know that because I don't want to just read out the ones that look suspicious and then people say, "Oh, you just read, you're making the evidence fit." Well, yeah. you know, obviously that's a case where this guy, um, bless him, he's got issues. You know, he probably needs medication, whatever, and you know, this could just be a case of he's just wanted to disappear. Yeah. Okay. So you know, I have to read it out, don't I? So of course. Do you want to go? We got one of you. Well, I've got this uh, John Devario. He was a beloved forty-nine-year-old teacher at Boston University. Uh, he was born in Philadelphia and moved to Boston to get a PhD from uh, BU. He later became the chairman of the Department of Musicology. Sorry, musicology. Mm-hmm. There in 1987, a position just to say that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was considered one of the world's leading experts on German Romanticism and Robert Schumann, whom he wrote several books about. Uh, John was considered a happy happy man by all who knew him, and was lovingly caring for his elderly parents, indicating that suicide was unlikely. Uh, He was last seen on the CCTV leaving the BU campus on the evening of March 6, 2003, around 8.30pm, wearing a red jacket. He had left his wallet and briefcase behind in a classroom but was carrying a white bag which was never found. 
Mm. Mm. After being missing nearly a month, his body was found in the Charles River on uh, April 14th, 2003, near the Cambridge Boathouse. Police did not suspect foul play, but his death has never been explained. Those who were close to him refused to believe he would commit suicide. Why was he carrying a white bag? Why would he leave his briefcase and wallet inside the bathroom taking the white bag? A lot of these cases, um, you know, people do act strangely before it happens. I mean, they've got people on on, uh, CCTV and they've actually got them on film acting very bizarre, you know? there's this, this fella here, and again, this looks this one looks maybe a little bit more like Misadventure. Uh, the, the guy's called Daniel Munn, and he was 20-year-old from Missouri. Biology student, okay? Yep. So he, go, he goes to a party by all accounts. This is December 5th, 2003. About 4 a.m., he leaves the place, obviously intoxicated. Yep. Um, his roommate's obviously reported missing and then he's found under the ice near Harvard Bridge on March 2004 so you know December he went missing March yep. he's found okay his, his ID was found in his pocket and he was wearing inline skates uh, not ice skates and uh, obviously his death was ruled a suicide but I mean this could just be where he's maybe I don't know maybe he's trying to skate on the ice or something like that you know what I mean gone mm. through it uh, December time it's going to be cold but again, you know, the fact that his body was found, you know, again, you know, he wait for the ice to thaw out, I guess. So that one's just that one. Uh, I've got Dusty, Dustin, Dusty Willis from uh, Haratas, North Carolina. He became a petty officer and an engineer in the Navy and was stationed in Norfolk, Virginia. So he knows the water's obviously. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> As a crewman aboard the SS Donald Cook, uh, Dustin was a musician and was married, but was separated with a five-year-old son. Uh, when Dustin uh, was 26, the Donald Cook docked in Boston for St. Patrick's Day celebration. On the night of March the 16th, 2007, there were blizzard conditions in Boston. Dustin's, uh, Dustin was out with his shipmate friends at the Black Rose pub near Quincy Market. On their way out around 11pm, Dustin's shipmates lost sight of him in the storm. Mm. Friends state that he was sober at the time. He had spoken with his girlfriend several times that evening, and she confirmed this. When she called his phone the final time that evening, a person that was not Dustin answered and told her that they had found his phone. Dustin's phone was found about 1am on the ground near Long Wharf, but there was no sign of Dustin. On March 21st, Dustin's body was found in 22 feet of water uh, off Long Wharf, Steps away from where his phone was found. Yeah. Right. Please, please surmise they had simply became disorientated by the blizzard and slipped into the harbour. Bullshit. Mm, yeah, because, no. you know, why, why has he dropped his phone then? Well, you again, know. Who, who had, no, no, no. Who had his phone? Well, yeah. I mean. I don't think he had it. Someone else had his phone. Again, that's one of them. That's one of the strange ones, isn't it? Because, you know, his body's found a few feet away from where he's found where his phone was found. So yeah. presumably he was in... Obviously, it was a blizzard um, condition, so I guess you've got to take that into account. Yeah. But, um, yeah, again, very strange. Very strange, that one. Uh, John Pike, then, 23, from uh, Syracuse University. He was a graduate in public communications. Okay, he was in a local band. Apparently, that was doing all right. The band was called Ra Ra Riot. 
Uh, in June 2007, his band played a show, which uh, was attending an after-party in Fairhaven. Uh, several fans saw John step outside about 3am, and this again, you know, where I say these people go outside on their own or whatever. Yeah. Um, but we're not concerned. Uh, but they were concerned when he did not return later. His girlfriend received a text from him around the time saying he loved her, but this was not mm. unusual. Okay, because yep. when you know when you get drunk, you, you said yeah, that. Well, yeah, make yeah. sure you're in the right person. Well, yeah, that as well. That's it. Well, yeah. yeah, I've done that a few times. But um, <laughs> the house uh, backs up to the Buzzards Bay Beach, uh, but Pike was notorious for his dislike of water when the tide was out. Later on that day, about three p.m., John's phone was found in the shallow water on the west side of. Wilbur Point. The next day, his body was found 200 yards away in seven feet of water. Police said no foul play was suspected. Ra Ra Wright was enjoying growing success, and John was passionate about the band. Um, again, you know, trying to rule out a suicide. So, you know, that would kind of, you know, get my alarm bells going. Yeah, you've got the, you've got like the, you know, you could say, you know, he's he's gone outside on his own. He's had a few to drink. He's texted his. Girlfriend saying he loves her and that. I mean, that could, you know, that's starting to look like, stacking up to look like a suicide, isn't it? I mean, if you, the way you look at, you know, when you well, read if it. He's, he's a, you know, if he's a, a band member and they've got grown success, why would you top yourself? Mm, it does happen. I mean, it does happen, doesn't it? But, um, you so, know, again, with a dislike, notorious for his dislike of water. Well, you won't go near water, would you? He, no, you won't, he would wouldn't you? He won't go near water. So that one's a, a strange one. Yeah, so we've got. Um, uh, William Hurley was a Navy sailor, another sailor here, from North Carolina. He was stationed in Florida on a stop in Boston. In 2007, he met his girlfriend and the two began dating. <clears throat> Ironically, he was in Boston the same night that Dustin Willis went missing. All right. Okay. All right. That December, he moved from Florida to Quincy to live with her. William was invited by his friend Brendan Venti to attend the Bruins game at the TD Garden. On October the 8th, 2009, however, only the first period after a couple of beers, he claimed he was tired from work and was going to have his girlfriend pick him up. William stepped outside and called her, and she headed to pick him up. When she was close by, she asked where he was. William asked a passerby who answered 99 Nashua Street and warned his girlfriend his phone was about to die. She told him she would be there in a moment and was just around the corner. Then William's phone died. When she got to the location, uh, Williams wasn't there. She drove around looking for him and ask, asking people if they had seen him. But it is, was if he had vanished into thin air. This search for William Hurley began, but little leads uh, were found. Uh, at some point, his cell phone was found smashed. But police released a few details. That's this is saying to me that someone's using his own phone here. Mm. Yeah, you know, this is two this is two cases at the moment. I think someone's got anyway. Uh, on October the fourteenth, William's body was found at about two thirty in the morning in the Charles River near two hundred Nashua Street, twenty five feet from shore. Mm-hmm. Police ruled out a mugging gone wrong as he had no injuries and his wallet and keys were still on him. Suffolk District Attorney Spokesman Jake Walk was quoted as saying the body had been in the water a couple of days. Perhaps it was a simple mistake, but William had been missing for six days, not couple. Yeah. You see, 
is someone is whatever is are they kind of saying you know taking their mobiles and whatever it just seems strange um, oh my phone's going dead you know that's it yeah. you know, is that kind of an excuse or again you've got you know just you know going back to the you know the ones that are happening in the UK in Manchester yeah okay so a lot of this come out a lot of the information come out because of uh, freedom of information yeah which um, is good okay so According to police reports, there have been 61... This is. I just want to give you an overview, so just yeah. so you can see, like, you know what I mean? It just seemed very strange. According to police reports, there have been 61 deaths between 2008 and 2014. Okay. Uh, there is a, a, an interactive map on the um, Manchester Even News. There is actually an interactive map where they actually show you where the bodies were found. Yeah. So you can see the, the certain clusters, that kind of thing. But generally, it's... It's not one area. It's the whole stretch. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. And what they, they also, it's a good uh, one, it's a good little starting point to have a look at this because it also, if you click on the individual people on there, it will tell you the coroner's verdict okay. as well. So, you know, but like I say, a lot of them are just misadventures, that kind of thing. Accidental drowning. Um, there's a quote from uh, DCI Marsh. Okay. And he says, or she, I can't remember if it was a woman or not, but it says um, there is nothing to suggest there is any evidence of a serial killer operating in the Grand- Greater Manchester, which I suppose really there isn't, you know mm. what I mean? Apart from the high num- high volume of deaths, <coughs> yeah, which is, you know, unusual to say the least. It says the rumours of the serial killer were on the back of a 2014 Freedom of Information request, which did not give a level of detail into the depths of investigation that had been that had gone into each of the individual cases, and people made assumptions about it. Um, GMP says because of the way this FOI data was taken from their computer system, it included deaths such as suicides from canal bridge uh, bridges, and they are not all unexplained in city centres waterways as was suggested. Uh, in January this year, reports of how a black spot uh, of the Undercroft in Piccadilly Basin, which claimed five lives last year, was to get extra security measures ahead of it being blocked off at night. Ooh. So, you know what I mean? So, this is what I'm saying. If it's if it's just random and people are just falling in, blah, blah, why are they going to extra lengths to add security and... You know, this kind of stuff. It didn't... Something didn't stack up. No. They're hiding something, aren't they? Yeah. They're hiding something. I mean, back in Boston, you've got a case of... Now, this one's strange, but again, this this lad was known to be suffering from bipolar. Okay, so... Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, it's a bipolar, again, you know... You know, a lot of people are, aren't they? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But um, this is a lad called Charles Allen... Uh, and he disappears. He, well, he, he changed his name to be, you know, to give himself a more famous persona. So that tells you that he wants to be famous and all the rest yeah. of it. Okay. So it doesn't sound like, you know, if you've got that sort of ambition, that sort of dream, it doesn't sound like you're going to kill yourself because, no. you know, you, you're already looking into the future, aren't you? Correct. Same that band member he was on about earlier yeah, on. And normally you know, that, people who of... suffer from depression can't really look at the next few minutes, never mind. Yeah. You know, that's in of the future. Stuff. Um, you know, dep- I know depression is a really bad thing, and it can come yeah, up swift. Can. You know what I mean? It it, yeah. It's a serious, serious uh, issue. But 
this guy seems I know he seems to be you know suffering from bipolar, but he seems to be getting getting he's, he's managing it with medication. Okay, so he's getting along. Um, the trouble seemed to begin when Charles' sister contacted him, asking him why he had deleted his Facebook. And, you know, there's good reason for people to delete Facebook. So, yeah, you know, good reason, yeah. If he's been looking at it, you know, it's quite possible. Char- Charlie became alarmed and insisted he had not. He told her that he believed he was in danger after sending some emails to important people and that she needed to be careful. He also said the answer was in the periodic table and then hung up. Right. He later left a voicemail on his parents' phone that sounded as if he was running through the woods. He was not heard from again until several days later when he reportedly broke into a second floor of a stranger's house at 3am on October 13, 2007. He seemed confused and told a stranger he thought he was at his friend's house, then hurried off. Charles' car was found abandoned at the university parking lot. His backpack was found on Solcombe Road and his shoes were found off Chase Road. So, you know, that's... Again, people familiar with the missing four and one stuff. Yeah, with the missing shoes, missing but, clothes, clothes, but clothes nightly, nicely, you know, nicely put in a pile, that pile, kind of stuff. You know, um, um, we've got yeah. one here. Justin, Justin Marshall was high high school football star. Uh, went to West Point and graduated uh, Notre Dame, is it, or Notre Dame, or whatever. Notre Dame, is it? You know, possible. Yeah, he then graduated from Suffolk Laws with. Honours. He was working at Boston City Hall uh, and Mayor Marino's, is it? Legal Department? Anyway, in June 2016, Justin was out with friends in Charlestown neighbourhood on Pier 6 when the other groups, when the others in the group realised he was missing around 1am. His body was found in a water nearby. There had been little follow-up to indicate the cause of death or other info. But again, you know, he's in a group... You know, they look round. Where's he gone? Gone. They found. Strange. Right, Eugene Jean Losick was born in Belarus and moved to the US when he was seven. He was an engineering grad of UMass Amherst, and he also was a black belt in karate. All right. He was 25 years old, living in Lawrence with his girlfriend and working for a company called Raython. On February the 20th, 2010, uh, 2010, Gene was in the city celebrating a friend's birthday. The group, This group was staying at the Marriott Long Wharf Hotel. After a night of partying, Gene was caught on CCTV at 2.24am, uh, le- leaving to go out the back of the entrance of the hotel without a jacket. He was heading into Christopher Columbus Park, and friends say he was relatively sober and may have been stepping out for a cigarette. When friends re- awoke the next day, they realised Jean was uh, gone and they began to search. Police were led down to the docks by various scent dogs and the water was searched by divers, but Jean was never found. Sorry, Jean was, ne- was not found. Nearly nine months later, on November the 8th, Jean's body was found near Rose Wharf in the Boston Harbour. His, his cause of death is still unknown. Also unknown is why his body wasn't found for six months, mm. as drowning forensics indicate that it should have surfaced sooner. Some say it could have been weighed down, but the truth may never be known. You know, so strange. Well, you find a lot. You find so he went out with no jacket. Yeah, again, right. that's strange. 
<coughs> what, what year, what month was it? What, when he was found? No, when he went out. Uh, um, this was on February the 20th, uh, so it'll be but cold. Late in the morning. Late in so the morning. So, or early in the morning, I should say. So he's not, yeah. you know, taking your coat again. So he's caught on CCTV and they saw him going back the back of the hotel, going out the, out the door. He didn't have a jacket on. Mm. Again, it's this is what I mean about people acting strange. Uh, and again, you know, there's... And there's never in the group. They're always separated. Separated. And... Young men. Young men. Uh, no women. Well, not yet. We haven't... Um, it's, it's nine times out of ten, it's men. A lot of them have had a drink as well. Obviously, got to point that out, but yeah, okay, that, that, that's fair enough. But it's, you know, you want to go in the cold, in it's you know, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen like this. And yeah. this this one, this one sounds a bit more like he might have fell in because I think someone maybe witnessed this one. Mm. This is the case of Christopher Martin. He lived in New Bedford and worked at Barden's Boatyard. Uh, he was 24-year-old and was intoxicated when he was last seen in downtown New Bedford at 1.30 in the morning on December 17th, 2011. So, again, you know, we're talking about cold water here, okay? Yeah. His girlfriend reported him missing at 3.45 a.m. His body was discovered in the water behind the seafood restaurant the next morning, tangled in several life preservers. Authorities found this suspicious, as it appeared someone had been trying to help him. Uh, the stairs to the water... Uh, the, the stairs to the water near where he was found had been ripped up. No further information is known at this time. So, yep. you know, somebody must have tricked their life preservers into him. So this could just be a case of accidental drowning, mm, I guess. Yeah, possible. You know. I've got a Franco Garcia here. He grew up in West Newton with his Peruvian parents. He was attending a Boston College night school and studying chemistry. Hopefully, uh, to eventually go on to medical school. He worked full-time at CVS Pharmacy in Waltham and was mus- musically gifted. On February the 21st, 2012, Franco was out with friends at St Mary's Anne's Bar in Cleveland Circle. He was 21 at the time. He made plans to spend the night with his friend, Catherine Cotticelli, though he f- fitted between several friend groups over the course of the evening. At 11.27pm, he texted her a reminder, don't leave without me. Sometime after 12.15am, friends lost sight of Franco, uh, though his keys and jacket were still in at the bar. Mm. At 12.18am, Franco was caught on CCTV, passing an ATM and heading towards Chestnut Hill Reservoir and the area where his car was parked. He was not, he was not staggering and his friends described him as drunk but not smashed. His phone was last pinged about an hour later in the same area, but his car was left untouched. A huge search for Franco began, and his story was even shared by Bruce Springsteen. Police focused their search on the reservoir almost immediately and searched it thoroughly, but nothing was found. On April 11th, around 8am, Franco's body was spotted in the weeds about 18 feet offshore in a reservoir. His wallet was still on him, and he had no injuries. Police described his death as being consistent with an accidental fall into the water, but failed to elaborate on what that meant or why he wasn't found before. Why does he go off? Mm. Why does he leave the party? That's why? I mean. Why does he go off? Yeah, Heading of, for the reservoir? Why? A lot of these cases, like I say... The, you, Is this some some, some kind of mind control here? That's exactly what it feels mind like. Mind control, to you me, know, mind control. When you, but when we'll you, talk... Yeah, we'll yeah, get this... Well, what, you know, to me, I mean, I've, we've done this, but 
Read, this is mind controlling. Reading through a lot of these cases, you get that impression. Yeah. You get the impression that, um, you know, and again, people come back to drugs, but a, a lot of these cases, the you know, drugs are ruled out. Yeah. Uh, when you get the coroner's verdict, so it's not it's not necessarily that, but there seems to be um, on a lot of these cases seems to be paranoia. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be this want to get away from people. Yeah. Which is the opposite to you know when you. You've had a drink and all the rest of it. Yeah. Normally, you want to be around people, don't you? Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah, you flirt and do those stuff. Yeah, well, and, you know, you know so, what I mean? so it's, it's it's very strange that they would go off on their own. And again, a lot of these people say that it's not like they're going out for a fag or anything like that. They, they just, just go. And we used to watch them programs in the sixties and seventies. You know, and they put the phone up and they said a certain word, and then, and then they just go off. Yeah, you know, that kind of word, oh, that yeah, trick yeah. word, that trick word. Have you seen them? Something pen- like them that. Emperor penguins. Yeah. When they just wander off, don't they? Yeah, they just get sick of it. Oh, but no one really knows. They just—it's very weird. They're they like, just do the thing. Know, they're all huddled together, having yeah, to keep and all sudden, Then all of a sudden, one will just say, yeah, "Fuck this!" and I'm just off. just wander into the into the snow and yeah, yeah. Know, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? It does. Uh, but I'm getting the I'm getting this kind of feeling here. You know what I mean? Because I mean, most most of find near a river, um, and again, it's just not in their character just to walk off and you know. Yeah, I can go along with um, some people being depressed. I can go along with people being, you know, wanting to be on their own. But yeah, no, I, I don't. Uh, there's, there's something else definitely going on here. Um, you've got another one, Ellie. Uh, yeah, I've got this one. This uh, Pedro Rodriguez. Um, he was uh, an he was an immigrant uh, from Puerto Rico. Okay, to Boston. He had five children with his late wife. Uh, whose death hit him hard, okay? Okay. In recent years, he had become a heavy drinker uh, and spent most of his time with the Cambridge homeless community. He was well-liked for his giving nature. In early October... October? In early October 2012, Pedro went to Cambridge Hospital for treatment for a fall-related injury. He was not seen again until his body was discovered in the Charles River Monday the 8th. He was still wearing his hospital bracelet. Pedro was found on the, d- the day before Jonathan Daly, uh, leading this to this case to be largely unreported. I've got uh, Eric Munsell here. was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey. He went to Boston University and got a degree in aerospace engineering. He was working as an aviation engineer at General Electric and was pursuing a master's in mechanical engineering via, via the Edison Engineer Programme. So, mm. it's world's his oyster. Yeah, this yeah. guy here, world's his oyster here. I've got another guy, the same thing here. Like, you know. <clears throat> yeah. On February 8th, 2014, Eric was celebrating his 24th birthday at the Market Lounge. He was escorted out by a bouncer around 11.30pm for causing a disturbance on his way to the restroom. It was only 18 degrees out there, mm-hmm. okay? But according to the bouncer, Eric claimed not to have a jacket. Half hour later, his phone was pinged heading towards the harbour. Why is pinged? And not his North End apartment. Mm. So he went straight to the water, straight to the harbour, whatever. He was caught on CCTV near the Marriott Long Wharf. Again, mm-hmm. same place. On April 23rd, about 12.30pm, Eric's body was found at the water at the end of Long Wharf. Police did not find his death suspicious. Why would he supposedly walked? Uh, out to Long Wharf, then proceed to fall into the water and drown is unexplained. Mm. So he's walked. So it's a six-minute walk. 
Yeah. The wrong direction. Correct. And got a jump. I mean, either. oh, all right. You could be disorientated. You know, you've had a drink, but you don't walk until you walk into water, do you? You're not a lemon, are you? No. Um, no. And again, a lot of these cases. And again, like I say, a lot of these cases, some of them, um, are, you know, canals, but again, not very deep. But some of them are, are like beaches. Yeah. You know, so it's difficult to 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 walk into a, the sea accidentally, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, um, mate. Now there is a few parallels to something that's going on around our area at the moment, but we won't get into that here. So yeah, I think that's, yeah, we might come back to that, won't we? Like, yeah, that's possibly. Um, we can, but uh, definitely more of a show on its own. But I just wanted to uh, maybe look into a couple of. There's a parallel. I just wanted to give a couple of um, the Manchester uh, cases. Just, yeah. You know, just in to put this into context, like, and then we'll sort of look at the conclusion. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Okay. Pause that. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. That's working. Let's go back onto here. Okay. Okay, so do you want to um, tell us the David Plunkett uh, case? And then what we'll do is we'll we'll look at two cases now and we'll make parallels between Manchester and, uh, you know, elsewhere in the world. Yeah, I think yes. You know, because then it really ties them together. Well, it definitely ties them together. Makes like. sense. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, The uh, this is from the Daily Star... Uh, it says it can reveal uh, tragic David Plunkett's chilling screams heard by a 999 call were not taped because the recorder was not working. Mm. Now, isn't that strange? Yeah. You know, a 999 call? Not recording. Not recording? Mm. I would say that. I, I'd say that. I mean, it's 2008, but I would say that was impossible. Yeah, that's bullshit. But um, anyway, the officer who dealt with the distressing call was so appalled by the blunder, she later resigned. Conveniently. Very conveniently. And this, this is simply just, I mean, oh, again, you know, it's speculation, but if if I ring up and say, okay, I want to speak to the handler who took the call, uh, well, she's resigned. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've got nowhere to go then, have you? Yeah. Because you've got no tape and you got you can't contact her. Correct. It's, uh, anyway, it's uh, suspicious. Yeah. Very suspicious, that. And the family of uh, uh, Suvik Pal said families were not getting proper answers from the police. Mm. Detectives uh, last week hit out at experts' claims that a killer dubbed the Pusher is on the loose after we, we revealed dozens of bodies have been found in Manchester canals. Another death last week took the toll to 62 since 2008. Um, Greater Manchester Police said they were concerned families struggling to come to terms with what happened will have had their anguish and pain resurrected again. Mm. Well, yeah, which is true. Yeah, 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 okay. But the families hit back saying they want answers from the police. Mm. The phone call uh, came, the phone call from David 21, who came from Halifax, uh, West Yorkshire, was the last anyone heard from him before he was found dead in the Manchester Ship Canal three weeks later. Uh, he vanished after leaving a nightclub at Trafford Park near Manchester in April 2004. His inquest heard that his anguished parents rang him to check if he was okay after hearing he had lost his pals. He, yeah. he started to scream and howl. They said they dialed 999 on another phone and held the two handsets together so the police operator could hear his distress. It was the last time they spoke to their son. The Daily Star had seen an email sent to Birmingham City University's professor Craig Jackson after he told our investigator a serial killer could not be ruled out. Mm. 
The message was from a former um, GMP officer who handled the call. The woman, who we are not naming, said, I took a very distressing 999 call. She said David had been in a distressed state during the call with his parents, but they could not hear any other than their son screaming. She added, I dealt with them for well over an hour, trying to sort out assistance for them and him. This incident still haunts me to this date, and with every death I see reported in the news, I've become more and more convinced that these are murders and not accidents. Mm, and now she's been let go. Yep. Well, uh, resigned. Yeah, of course, yeah. A pathologist said the likely cause of death was drowning, and the inquest ruled it as accidental. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. But Dave's mum, Anne, 66, disagrees, and last night she hit out at the police probing to her son's death. The retired head teacher said, someone is responsible for David's death. The police investigation was unacceptable. It was a case of young man, too much to drink, falls into canal, end of story. Mm. But so many important factors were ignored. Absolutely. And there were versions of events that simply did not add up. Right, recalling the last time she spoke to her son and said, I could barely make out what he was saying. He started screaming and howling. Howling. It was extremely distressing. I thought he was being attacked. We rang the police and put the phone to them, but it soon went dead. It later turned out the call wasn't recorded because the tape recorder wasn't working. Mm. It really does beg a belief. Anne said her brother found David's phone upstream from the body, despite a police search. She added, the whole case leaves more questions than answers. Yes. Oh, right, okay. He could have been attacked. He could have been his drink spiked. Anything could have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, you know, it's it's just utterly bizarre. Something's been covered up here. But the, the fact that that lady's taken the call, yep. got that distressed by it, she's actually resigned. Well, do you think that's just due to the call? Or do you think that's there saying, look, there's something more going on here, and they're saying, you know... I th- yeah, keep obviously, stung. keep stum, yeah. shut up, or get out. Well, this has parallels to the Henry uh, McCabe incident. Yeah, Henry McCabe, which happened yeah. happened in uh, Massachusetts, I think it was. And this was um, on September 17th. Yeah, I can't remember what year it was, can you? 2003, was it? Henry McKay, 2000, is it 2003, 2004, I think. Was Something it? like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was 30. Early in 2000, anyway. He was 32. He goes out for a night out, half past two in the morning. He gets dropped off at a, a gas station uh, not far from his home. He tells his friends, you know, I, I'll walk back from here, it's not a problem. Yeah. I'm just going to get some cigarettes or whatever from the uh, uh, gas station. Uh, shortly after that, well, I say like shortly after that, as soon as he's dropped off, he basically rings his wife. Uh, she answers the phone, and they, this phone call is recorded, and we'll play that shortly. Yeah, for those who haven't heard it, but yeah. essentially, she takes the phone call. She she claims she hears crow, uh, growling, he's screaming. Somebody says stop it. Yeah, um, and then it goes silent. Yeah, I'd like to give my view on that later on. Yeah, well, yeah. his body after was found the, yeah. on uh, November second. So, again, you know, September, November, he's found yeah. uh, in Rush Lake by a kayaker. Okay. Um, and, again, there was a bit of controversy as to when he actually went in the water, according to the coroner. Yeah. Uh, his body didn't exhibit signs of being in the water for that amount, amount of time. Um, again, but it parallels the next case. Yeah. Uh, that, sorry, that, that David Plunkett case. 
it parallels it almost. This is almost the mirror image. Yeah, it is. You've got a phone call. You've got the same thing. You've got found back, finding water, uh, separated from friends. All all the usual thing. Um, and obviously, like I say, we'll play that clip. We'll play the telephone call now, so people yeah. can hear. This comes from courtesy of the uh, KSTP. Yeah, KSTP in America. It's a voicemail unlike anything you've ever heard before. There are two minutes worth of noises, bizarre ones. But very little actual talking. Authorities confirmed the disturbing middle-of-the-night call came from Henry McCabe's cell phone. It was Labor Day, September 7th at 2.28 in the morning. McCabe's worried wife heard the message. His and my cell phone connected. Minnesota Community Policing Services is a non-profit agency and acts as a go-between with police and the Liberian community. The leader is trying to help the family make some sense of this recording. The growls turned to high-pitched moans. So, like, like he's moaning in pain. Like moaning in pain. The tortured grunts suddenly stopped. There is silence. Then someone, either Henry or another person, says, stop it. I try to picture where he was, um, what it might have been like, what circumstances would have made him sound like that. The voicemail is in stark contrast to other articulate recordings of McCabe speaking at an event. He's a state auditor. What is the justification? What is the right thing to do? The message is one piece of evidence Moundsview police are reviewing. The police chief tells me even the FBI is analyzing the recording and voices for clues. The chief says the investigation took deputies here on Tuesday. <laughs> to Rice Creek Park, which borders New Brighton, Moundsview and Fridley, all areas where McCabe was reported seen or a cell phone ping placed him. Ramsey County Water Patrol searched but came up empty. So well, there you go. And, chilling, uh, chilling. Yeah, very chilling. And that um, that little bit in the middle, you know, that, that that's, you know, I again, you, you know, is that a human? No, that's I, I, I've got another thing. I, I'm, I'm thinking that's kind of some subterranean. Mm. You know, we you know where the that kind of underwater like you know that kind of you know. I've heard it somewhere before, like a, like an like a, um, like, it's, yeah, you know, like, like a gargoyle, alli- oh, like an alligator, like might. Yeah, that. some kind yeah. of subterranean creature. Yeah, that's you know people say, oh, dogma. Nah, nah, dogma's not interested in us. Dogma's not interested. Okay, uh, this is to me some kind of subterranean other creature. It definitely sounds more animal than than him doing it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. Um, right, the next case is you know is another one from Manchester, which is again. As parallels to one in Boston, and it, if you yeah. want to take it away from the Daily Star, then I'll. Okay, mate. Okay. Um, right, this one is uh, Suvik Pal, uh, 18 from India. He had been clubbing on New Year's Eve 2012 when he disappeared. Yeah, and I just want to point out for people who haven't seen uh, this this lad, he's 18 year old and he's in pretty, he's in really good shape, judging by his pictures. Yeah, these aren't, and both these kids actually, David and, they, they, and, and they so are not overweight or yeah, anything like that. They're not like they fall in the water and do struggle to get out. No. No. And, you know, they both look athletic. And yeah. I just wanted to make that point because obviously people can't see the picture, but carry on. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Uh, his body was discovered 22, 22 days later in the Bridgewater Canal. CCTV footage shows him walking away from the Warehouse Project Club and being led to the canal by a mystery man. They are seen crossing the bridge 
over the water before one tries to climb a railing. Only one man returns. Suvik's devastated dad flew to the UK from Bangalore, desperate to find out how his son had drowned. But a coroner told his inquest he could not say how Suvik ended up dead and recorded an open verdict. Mm. Last night, uh, Dad San, uh, Santunu said, I want to see a new investigation to find the root cause as to why my son and the sons of so many other mysteriously died. Yep. Police simply did not make enough effort to find my son. They took the easy way out and dismissed dismissed it as no suspicious circumstances. Mm-hmm. That's despite the d- deeply concerning CCTV footage. Not tracing a man captured on video is pretty appalling. That man could be a killer or even a serial killer. Yep. Now that, and, you know, can you, I, I don't even imagine what you know the feelings that he uh, absolutely you know what I mean, anything we do on the show today you know a heart goes out to absolutely. all these yeah, you know it, you know, know really to these the families and everything it must be horrendous but absolutely you, know, horrendous. For, you know for a relative to die in these circumstances and then it, to a, to be seen like there's not enough being done uh, you know that's that's the yeah. really that's the real yeah. shameful sort of you know uh, because if there is something out there you know mm. it's, it's got to be well, taken, taken out and sorted you know so Joseph Gage, then, okay. He's 32. Oh, okay, and he lives in uh, New Hampshire. He's got a degree in mathematics from the University of Hartford. So he's not, you know, he's, he's you know. Pretty intelligent. Pretty intelligent. He's not, yeah. like, you know, you know, down and out or anything like that. He's athletic, he's musically gifted, and he loves to travel. On January 1st, 2013, at 3 a.m., just, re- just remind me of when uh, Sovic went missing. Uh, yeah, he, he went missing on uh, New Year's Eve 2012. Okay. That's so, when he went and he disappeared. Yep. So January 1st, 2013 at 3am. That's the uh, gauge. New Year's Eve 2012 for Sovic. Yep. Yep. So again, you know, that, that sim- similarities. Witness reported seeing Joseph crossing the Harford Bridge with another man. Right. So, uh, CCT footage shows him walking away from the Warehouse Project Club and being led to the canal by a mystery man. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. Okay. Gage yeah. goes halfway across the uh, bridge, hails a cab, but instead of getting into the into it, Joseph apparently intentionally hails himself over the rail of the bridge into the Charles. They are seen crossing the bridge over the water before one tries to climb a railing. Only one man returns. <laughs> you know, um, despite an intense search of the theoretically knowing the exact location of the body, Joseph was not recovered until the 14th of March. Uh, on the site, described uh, one site described the death as a tragic accident. So, 14th of March, from when he went missing, how long exactly? He went missing in January. He went it, January. So, it was uh, New Year's Eve. Well, January 1st. Yeah. So, he went missing in the year. It was found March uh, 14th. Yeah, well, this, his body was discovered. Even uh, though they knew Vic's exactly body. where he, he basically fell in, because saw, people saw him. Yeah. So body was disco- uh, Suvik's body was discovered 22, 22 days later in a bridge walk. You know? mm. So I'm just saying, you know, two guys here, approximately the same night or a year apart, same sort of time, both seen with mysterious men, both end up jumping railings into the river. Would you walk off a man you'd never seen before? <laughs> no, no. Why is it always men? Why not women? 
This is the question. Yeah. It's, it's utterly, utterly bizarre. But those two stories, they parallel each other, you know, in my opinion, very, very closely. What we've got here is men. What we've got here also is women. What mm. we've got here also, again, it's, you know, there's no wallets don't go missing. There's no, and for suicides, I think it's just a load of hogwash. You know, I mean, that 99 call, Lee, you know, oh, it wasn't recorded. I mean, well, you know, what, what, that never happens. It, it's always recorded 24 mm. 7. You know? Of course it is. It's, it's um, I don't know. I think, um, on conclusion. Your thoughts, firstly? <sighs> I think there's more to it than just people falling in. Okay. Yes, some of them are potential suicides. Some of them are definitely misadventure. You know, people who need vacation, that kind of stuff, may may wander into the room. I think you know, that that's a, maybe only a, a, a yeah, few. Yeah, I, I don't them, think it's, that's possible. Yeah, but I think small, the minor minor accounts. I think the numbers that, that we're talking about, the locations that we're talking about, it 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 just sees um, it just seems too good to be true. If you want to use that word. Well, can I just? Um, I mean, I've got some uh, uh, members of the public here from from Manchester. Mm. Um, comments like some comments on what they think, you know, on what you know around the area, what's going on. Right, I've got one from Carly Minion Morris. Uh, I've always said there is a serial killer. Too many unexplained deaths. It's just my thoughts, and I'm entitled to them. Maybe there is a pusher on the loose, or maybe these are just tragic accidents. Either way, something needs to be done. To meant to uh, for many people to lose their lives in our waterways. Mm. Um, Amanda Wellens uh, says, "Shouldn't the fact that it is just men that are found in a canal raise suspicions?" Absolutely. So she, Amanda, agrees. Why is it just men? You would think that if it was just random accidents, there would be a few women found too. Exactly. I haven't heard of any women's bodies being found, or maybe I'm just wrong about that. Well, it's interesting that the police don't make up a few women. Just to muddy the water, you know, but carry mm, on. Yeah, possible. Uh, Amy Phillips, I just find it strange how many uh, people have been found dead in the canals. And if it has nothing to do with a person doing this, then I think the police should seriously look into making the area safer. Now, this is my kind of favourite one. Right, uh, a gentleman called Danny Forster. I sure I saw him once, not long ago, they pulled a body out of the canal next to the casino and McDonald's. I came out on the towpath behind a tall, hooded male. He wasn't aware I was there as we rounded the bend. He was around 10 feet, 20 feet ahead. Uh, He saw the police looking at something floating. He immediately turned. I don't think he expected me to be behind him, but we made eye contact as he was getting closer, and I got the weirdest feeling, and he had the most evil look on his face I won't forget. Mm. Just the last one here uh, from Karen Grogan. There's no other explanation for it. Too many deaths, all men, and around the same area, of course, there's a serial killer on the loose. Those poor families are being fobbed off. All they want is closure to help them get on with their lives. Absolutely, yeah, of course they do. So that's just a few people around Manchester giving their opinion. So, But that Danny Forster one's like saying, hmm. The amount of bodies, when we're talking about 80... Uh, Manchester, and then obviously factoring in these other ones, you're talking maybe upwards of hundred people, okay, yeah. and and the majority of them being men. 
roughly of the same age. I just find it too difficult to believe that it's coincidence. Yeah. Um, not saying that coincidences don't happen, but it, it, you know, and I know the first time we spoke about this, uh, year, you know, a couple of years back when it was, uh, and, and obviously my theory was um, possibly some sort of infrasound going on. Which, which is, which it can happen. Yeah. And, and it does which, still happen. Which disorientates you. Yeah. If you was to fall into water, um, at that point, you would you wouldn't be able to swim. Now, I do know David Pleiades, is it? Pleiades. He says um, something similar, but he... he, he yeah, he says, was on Coast to Coast, wasn't he? Is it yeah. like, um, it's a naturally occurring, is it GMP or something? That yeah, naturally it, occurs well, in people, the body? I think people uh, most know it by the name date rape drug. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's um, the same chemicals, but they naturally occur in the body as well, don't yeah. they? Yeah. And obviously, an eye dosis can cause uh, paralysis. paralysis. Yeah. Um, so you, so you, of, you actually really you're aware what around you, but you, you can't move you your can't body. Do anything. That so maybe that maybe that could maybe surmise why you fall into a river, you can't swim. Yeah, but surely, I mean, surely you know these. And again, some of these bodies are found weeks, months, even later. But obviously, and every now and again, there's a couple found straight after. Surely that that show up in some sort of toxicology report. Well, I, I think um, you know once the, the coroner gives his verdict and gives it, you know, tons of, I think it gets pushed away, and you know, you don't, you can't say that. Mm. I think it's, I, I think the people know what's going on. I really do. But well, <clears throat> you know, I, on you know, Some, on conclusions, Lee, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I'm still leaning. <laughs> I'm still leaning to something supernatural. Yeah, I, I, well, I am as well. So. You know, that's the best I can come up with because there's definitely some sort of mind control. Yeah, I that's that's number one to me. That, that's that, that's that, there's got to be. You know, you you know you 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 know you, you go out the pub and you, you leave your your, your party. You're gonna leave, you leave your surroundings to, to go near this the canal or whatever. You know, and say two or three times in them in them uh, instances there they they seen walking away with a stranger. Mm, yeah, you know. But then there's quite a few occasions where they're seen walking away on their own. Yeah, and still and still meet the same fate. Yeah, so um, I, I think number one is definitely mind control, and uh, number two, yes, definitely. And I think uh, always near water. Again, that that gives a game away to me. Uh, always near water, everywhere else, not a field or a park, or you know, on a don't know on top of a shed or whatever, on a garden yeah. or anything like that. It's always on the river bank or in the river. So I, I'm going to go with. Subterranean kind of creature. Mm. Maybe 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 this creature gives off infrasound. I'm not sure, but you know when we listen to that uh, tape recording, you know, and it's it's definitely and if it is that creature on there, it's definitely subterranean. Well, you know, like I say, the first time we covered this, I I I thought it was some sort of maybe dogman or something like that, maybe giving off infrasound because. This backs onto Stafford and the Dogman's yeah seen yeah. quite a lot around there, but I just wanted to point out there was there's a fact um, a guy called Neil Cotty, and he did a freedom of information request okay to the Staffordshire Police okay okay and he basically asked them if they had any information on cryptids um, and, and numerous things cryptids large canines wolves upright bipedal canine werewolf beast cat puma leopard okay and they basically told him there was too many uh, to go into individual cases. But what they do is compile a table, um, in a, and then the number of incidents, you know, according to that creature. So cryptids came out as zero. No reports of cryptids count. Large canine again zero. 
But then we move on to remember this is England, this is Staffordshire, okay? Yeah, this is England, yeah. So we move on to Wolf, four hundred and nine reports, okay? And this yeah. is between two thousand and eight, uh, January two thousand and eight, and September two thousand and seventeen. There are no wolves currently in the UK, um, in England. I think there's some in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, Wild, anyway. Yeah, managed, but yeah, yeah I think okay. possibly there is some in Scotland, but yeah. Stafford, there's none. Okay, then we move on to upright bipedal canine. Again, game back a zero, which you'd expect. Yeah. This is the one that sh- struck me the most. Werewolf reports, 12. Okay. Okay. Beast reports, 85. Uh, description of beast? Or Just beast. Just, just beast. any reports that mention it right. looked like a beast like or a beast. beast. Okay. 85 reports. Right. Um, cat, as in big cat, uh, 17,000 reports. Okay. And they tell us that they're not running around, okay? Yeah. Puma, 1,000 odd reports. The same with Leopard. Uh, and they had the same thing, more or less, aren't they? Uh, 1,000 reports again for Leopard. Yeah. So, just in the Stafford area, there's something going on. There's definitely big cats in the area. Now, I'm not, no, I'm not linking this to the canal thing. So, you know, no, no, we're, we're, just, we're what, just trying to say. You know. what, yeah, what I'm pointing out is there's, there's things in these areas, right? That we don't necessarily know about. Yeah. Okay. Enough people obviously seen these things. Seventeen thousand seen big cats. So, um, well, one thousand people have seen pumas. So these things are not going around. Are they pumas only? Well, four hundred nine people have seen wolves. Yeah. Or something vaguely looking like a wolf. The, the only one he so missed. that goes on falls, but maybe possible later on it'll go on too. The only one he missed off here, and I wish you'd asked, is hyena. Yeah, because we know that there's one which which is on the moors that's been the famous one. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, uh, that uh, famous cat, if we can remember it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, on the moors, but we yeah. saw it, it, had a, it had a clip on it and it looked absolutely huge. Didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Does like a black lion. Saddleworth Moor, Saddleworth? No, Dartford, didn't it? Dartford. Dartford Moor. I must like, man, listeners might put us right yeah. in there anyway. So. That famous case no one can remember. But. Yeah, that's right. So famous, <laughs> yeah, we forgot it. But uh, but yeah, um, that does look like a black eye, you know, doesn't it? Yeah. That's the only one that's missed that's off huge. here. But what the point I'm making is there's creatures knocking around these areas which shouldn't be there, but they clearly are there. You know, these aren't people looking, these aren't people going out looking for pumas. These are people just bumping into it by yeah. accident. Whether that's, you know, whether there's something in the canal we don't know about. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I think there is um, something you know connected to water. It's subterranean. It, I mean, I mean that 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 uh, tape just spills it out to me. But maybe you know, the listeners might think of something else when when they listen to it. Absolutely, they might, yeah. you know. So we'd like your opinions, opinions yes, on maybe sure. what you think. I mean, the tape is well, you know. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll do. We'll do. It's a quite little, freaky. Too. We'll put a poll up on the uh, Facebook. Yeah, we'll put a poll up, and uh, you, you know, know what, what you know, think. We'll put what do you thinks. Yeah. Killing these people, um, obviously, well, you know, nothing, pusher. I think uh, it's a pusher. Um, you know, um, strange creature, aliens, I don't know. Could could be anything. But, yeah, definitely, if you've got an opinion on this, we'd love to wear it. Yeah, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's, um, you know, I don't think it's Dogman, because I don't think Dogman uh, gives a shit about us, really. He's not bothered, unless you enter its terrain or pee off somewhere else. I don't think it's definitely, I don't think it's Dogman. But, again, it's, I think, some kind of... Again, but I think it's not just a creature. Maybe something else working together with the creature. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it. Just, but these aren't suicides. These aren't you know. They're more than that. It's definitely, you know, that's definite. Um, it's just, it's just terrible that uh, if they know what's out there, they should take care of it. Mm. Well, yeah. If it's within the power, maybe it's just maybe it's just not. 
uh, especially if it's super supernatural, like I say. Whoa. But like these cases are still ongoing. This is not like you know. No, still going today. This is, this is still ongoing all around the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, if you if you know reports like this in your area, we're looking something in our area. Aren't yeah, we? yeah, of course. But yeah. Um, if you if you know, please let us know. And yeah. it's really interesting that there was two Apache helicopters up in the air the other day. Yeah. Uh, over this location. So, you know, yeah, again, it was flying you know, about, you know, was, yeah. coincidences, obviously, but. No, there's nothing. There's um, such thing as coincidence. Who knows? But, you know, if you know of cases like this in your area, get in touch with us. Yeah. You can join us on Facebook or email us at dbtopodcast at gmail.com. We're easy to find. I'll go on the website. The Facebook's just Don't Break the Oath podcast. And, uh, yeah, until next week, um, stay away ca- from canals. Yeah, you know, be careful out there. Well, they've gone. Though just for now, it wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. 